on, give him a shout of praise this morning. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for the rain, God. All right, let's go. Hey, have a seat this morning. If you're chilly, you should probably come closer, and we all kind of huddle in a couple rows, you know? I know you guys like your space at church, but it's cold this morning, bro. That's all right. It's good, though. Let's get some hot chocolate. I'm glad you guys are getting coffee. You guys are like, oh, it's cold. I need to warm up this morning. It's good. It's good. I'm glad you guys are in the house this morning. We're the true warriors in this place. Amen. Hey, if you are here for the first time, my name is Kaipo Thomas, one of the pastors here. Great honor and privilege to be here this morning on this final country morning, you know. Recently, we've been experiencing the light corners, you know, but now it's like, you know, a little windy, a little brisky, right? It's good. It's good. Hey, on the, on the way in, you got a bulletin. A lot of what is happening in the church, you can find more information about in that bulletin. A couple of things I want to highlight about that bulletin. One, there's a connect card in that bulletin. You got a bulletin? Sorry. Oh, you guys came here last week, bro. You guys don't get this. Uh, no, but if you have a bulletin, in that, connect, uh, in that bulletin is a connect card. If you're first-time guests, take that to any one of the greeters. Shauna's in the back. Shauna, give me a little wave. Uh, Shauna and Mikaela, and, and uh, I'm not sure who else is greeting this morning. But we got a free specialty gift for you if you uh, filled that out. Even if you came last week, I don't know, maybe in the last month. In the last, you guys, it's first week February, yeah, you guys got that. Um, no, if you guys been here, uh, you know, and you haven't gotten your free specialty gift, use that Connect card, name them on the front, and we got a free gift for you. Uh, another insert in there is our offering envelope. We don't necessarily designate a time in the service to take an offering. We will pray for it, but we leave that for you to worship through. If you're a first-time guest, don't feel obligated to have to give. Let that be a worship, though, right, if you do give. Um, we, we try to tell those who, who start coming, uh, come here and hang out with us until we can build trust with you as far as, you know, our organization and this church and how we use our finances. Um, but until we're trustworthy, you know, just come and receive, you know, especially if, Tithing and church organized religion is a little, you know, funky in your minds. You know, hang out. We, you know, don't give. You know, come and, and be blessed and, and receive, you know, free specialty gifts and hot chocolate and coffee on a Sunday morning. You know, we're glad that you're here. You know, but if you do call Waipuna Chapel your house, you know, your home, uh, and you come here on a regular, you guys know already, we get to joyfully give unto the Lord because the Lord joyfully gives unto us. Amen. That's good. That's good stuff right there. A couple uh, announcements I want to highlight. We are in the new year, and uh, there's been some movement within our life groups. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, we encourage gathering in rows every weekend, but we also encourage gathering in circles throughout the week. And the, we feel like the real life force of uh, Christianity happens in the one anothering. Anybody grateful that you have at least one other person that loves Jesus in your life? Let's go. Right? And so we encourage at least, you know, once a month gatherings, you know, bi-monthly or weekly gatherings of people who love Jesus where you can pray for one another and study God's word and eat food. Is that good? That's good. Amen. Let's preach that. Let's preach for that. Um, so if you are not in a life group, it's not that hard to start one, bro. You could grab you and a couple other friends 
So our hula girls, I'm going to brag about them. They're our newest life group at Makawao. You guys know the pretty local girls that dance hula, right? They all love Jesus. They're all in the same hula halal. And I talked to them a couple weeks ago. I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, you guys just started a life group. You guys already hanging out together. You already love Jesus, right? If you guys just put on the calendar, pray for one another, right, and talk about the sermon, right, you can have a life group. And they said, oh, yeah. So they're going to start this week Tuesday. Is that good? That's good. Right? Brand new life group with friends who already love God. And so if you're here this morning and you have friends, start your own. Right? If you're here this morning, you're like, well, I don't know. You know, I may need some support in this. Use the connect card. Name and number the front. Say, hey, I'm interested in uh, not just being a part of Rose, but I want to be a part of a circle. Right? And, uh, you know, think about life groups and, and we'll get you connected. Is that good? We'll get you connected. Um, <clears throat> Rodeo is happening today. These guys are hardcore. Um, and we're actually blessed that yesterday it was uh, worse than this, and they went to their Kula arena. And so I wasn't actually sure that they were going to be here, but they're here this morning. So if you, uh, after service, if you guys want to pop over and see the 18 and unders, give them, right? They, they're good, man. These kids are awesome. Um, we have some of the best in the state and in the nation right here from our country, Maui. So if you guys want to endure the weather today, um, there's a great concession stand, too, man. If you guys want some good, cheap, local grains, go hit that concession after this. I'm excited. Okay. So a little order of service this morning. We are... Um, wait, I, f- I forgot one more announcement. Um, we're starting two other... It was life group related. I got, I got distracted. So you can start your own life group. We got two that are starting... We have a Restoring the Beloved's men's group that are starting. Last year was the first year that they went through it. And uh, it's like a 12-step, but for Christians. So um, Liz and Roy the Lion, right, went through the AA Alcoholic Anonymous uh, program for many years. They found the Lord, and they said, man, this 12-step is awesome-ish. It would be way better if we just added Jesus in the center of it, except instead of all the higher power language. And so uh, Liz has been doing it for ladies for years. The men got jealous and finally did their first last year. They took a break for the holidays, and they're going to start up again uh, this month. And so if you're kind of in that place where you're like, man, I, I could use some help in life. I mean, we're in this series talking about part of change, and these guys have been meeting and really helping one another change. Um, They aren't afraid to dive into some of the habitual sins and practices of individuals. And so they've they've been there, and so they are going there again. Um, Also, last life group I want to pitch this morning, just as an opportunity. If you just started coming to Waipuna in the last, I don't know, three months, we have a life group for you. It's called Starting Point. Right? It's a place where people can be like, hey, where, what do I do? I, I'm coming. I, I love the Lord. I'm, I'm learning more, but I'm still kind of like getting used to this. Starting point is the place, right? Um, and it's built for anybody, you know, returning, coming back to the Lord and, and excited about Jesus. But you kind of are a little bit new to this. Starting point is a great one. So that's starting up pretty soon here. They're going to have their first dinner uh, for their first meeting. So you could at least go to the first one, eat. And not come back after that. I'm just saying. But if it's good, you can stick it out and just, just keep on going, okay? So those are 
four opportunities. You can start your own. There's a men's and women's restoring the beloved, and then there's a starting point, right? So we're we trying to encourage this. We good? I may see you after service and just ask you, are you in the life group? Hey, they're here early today. I talked about, I was boasting about you guys the other week, but you guys weren't here yet. Scott and Ashley Trudon, Ashley's going to come up and share a little bit this morning. They just started another life group this year. So good, right? They attended one last year, and it was so good, right, that I was talking to them. I'm like, why don't you guys host one? And so they started another one. So that's a brand new one this year, and uh, we're excited about that, you know? We're excited about life here at Waipuna. You guys excited about life? Come on, right? John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to bring life, more life, and abundant life. I'm excited. Okay, Little Flow Service, Makota and their team uh, are going to lead us in song. We would love that to be worshiped this morning. Amen? So we need the Lord to help that, right? Lord, help us this morning, right? Change our words to be songs. And then after they're done, we'll greet one another and we'll dismiss the kids to Children's Church. Uh, Kayla Moman is in the house. Kayla, give a little wave. Kayla is our head director for our children's ministry. And uh, she gets 18 and unders. I used to take the middle school, high school, but I gave them to you so I could hang out with you guys. I love it. So thank you, Kayla. Praise the Lord. Um, And then I'll come up and preach. Is that good? All right, let's stand this morning. I will pray. And uh, after I finish praying, you can take a, a posture that's uh, you're most comfortable with. You guys can huddle a little closer with your friends and warm it up a little bit. And we'll, uh, we'll get to it this morning. All right, it's good. It's good to be in the house this morning. I, I don't really mind if you guys check out when I'm giving announcements. I would love for you guys to check in, though, right now. Not with me. But in this time of praise and worship, check in with Jesus this morning. Amen. Something miraculous can happen when we choose to bow our hearts and open our minds to the Lord. We can actually meet with the living and true God. Amen. So let's pray and ask God to help us this morning in our efforts as we seek his face. Jesus, we be praised for this morning. Lord, we honor you in this house. We honor you, Lord, in this place. We pray, God, this morning that something supernatural would happen. Lord, we wake up in the natural every day. Not every day, Lord, we get the opportunity to gather with other believers and seek your face. And this morning, Lord, we pray that it would be special. There are some, everyone in here, God, endured a little bit of weather this morning. They got out of bed and they made a choice to show up here, God. And I pray that you would see the choice that they made and the reason why they made that, God. And I pray that you would meet them right where they are. Yeah, we honor you this morning, Lord. We seek your face. We long, Lord, to be comforted, Lord, by the comfort that can only come from heaven. 
So stir in us, God, a passion for you. Stir in us this morning, God, a longing for your desire. Yeah, be with us this day, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Well, good morning, Waipuna. Makawa Campus. My name is Makoto, and it is a privilege on behalf of the worship team to be here with you this morning. I um, usually get to lead at Kula, so it is an honor to be worshiping with you guys this morning. We pray for you. Every Sunday we do our, our uh, volunteer huddle and we think of you and our hearts are with you. Um, my husband over there, Joel Hauk in the house. I have three little children over there, five years old and under. Please pray for me. Please pray for my husband. <laughs> um, I'm Maui, born and raised. I got the honor of riding horses here. The Mirandas are great family friends of ours. This morning we have prepared a set for you. And as we were rehearsing, some of these songs were songs that I was singing as a teenager, leading worship at Camp Kanai or down at concerts at Hope Chapel Kihei. They're near and dear to my heart. Some of them are just old and and we can just worship with our eyes closed because we know them. They're written on our hearts. They're simple. And I just encourage you to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Like those moments in your youth when you had no children to manage. <laughs> when you had no distractions. When life hadn't tainted your fire for Jesus. Go back to that place. Go back to that place. Ekoma, my Jesus, we invite you here to do what only you can do. Amen, church. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I what you want for me sing this faithfulness 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 is what i long for faithfulness is what i need faithfulness faithfulness is what you want for me so take my heart jesus so take my heart and for me take my mind transform me take my
take your place when I have feasted my eyes and my heart and my time and my talents and treasures on things that are fleeting Jesus I want to make it right with you this morning thank you for your mercies that are new every day I want to come to my knees this morning in awe and wonder of who you are Make us hungry for you. You are our daily bread. Sing us hungry. Hungry I come to you.
you are so good I thank you that from the heights of heaven you step down our servant king we worship you this morning you are innocent perfection and you gave our your life in exchange for ours that whoever believes in you will not perish but have everlasting Come on, somebody. That is good news this morning. That is why we gather. Amen. Come on. Come on. That's good. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for stepping down and leaving your throne to save. 
you a sinner like me. I fall short every day when your mercies are there meeting me, God. You are good. You are of heaven. 
great is your love, God. Immeasurable, God. Constant, constant love. God, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for, for your overflowing love, God, that you show for your children, God. And we just give you all our praise. Be lifted this morning, Lord. Be lifted high. Receive our worship unto you, God. We thank you for a chance to sing unto you, God. And I pray that this time of worship is truly a blessing to everyone here, God. We thank you so much for our place here in Makawao that we get to call our church here. Waipuna Chapel, Makawao. The rodeo grounds here at Oski Rice. God, it's just, it's just perfect, God. It just feels so good, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. 
We pray for our service here this morning, God. We thank you for bringing all the saints in this morning. Thank you for bringing them in safely, God. As we uh, send in our kids to the children's school, God, I pray that you would bless the little ones, God. Let their hearts continue to just be eager to learn more about you, God. Bless the teachers in there, God. Their hearts are so true and so genuine to these kids, God. And we just, it's amazing what's going on, God. You know, it's amazing what your word and your love can do. Pray for Pastor Kaipo as he will uh, um, deliver a message to us this morning, God. I pray that you would anoint him, God message that he has planned, God, I pray that you would really affect us, Lord. Let us really receive, you know, what you have for us this morning, God, as we're in this series of power to change, God. Change can be a really powerful thing. It can be a really strange thing, but change is good, God, as long as you're in the midst of that change. So we honor you, God. Come on, might be our honored guest here. As we also give unto you, Lord, with our tithes and offerings. God, I just pray that you would continue to just let your kingdom grow across this world, Lord, Lord, with all the donations that are given unto you, Lord. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, good morning. Children's, uh, children's church coming through these doors. Now's a little time to greet your neighbor. Good morning, good morning. Aloha. All right, all right. How are we doing? We all cozy? Woo. All right, good morning. Hey, come on, come on, have a seat, have a seat. Let's go. Let's get started. Oi, 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 oi. Let's go, let's get a seat. Brodericks, sit down, come on. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you guys' names, bro. I will call you out. I'm glad you guys really like each other, you know. Well, if you missed the first intro, my name is Kaipo Thomas. Uh, honored to be with you this morning. I'm glad you guys endured the weather and you guys are here. A little chilly, but it's good. It's good to be in the house. If you're catching up with us for the first time, we are in week three of the Power to Change series and uh, pretty excited. It's been some good nuggets so far. I want to ask you a question this morning as we start. How many of you in here hope to change something? Yeah, we got, hey, we're in good company this morning, right? You know, when we're thinking about hoping to change or wanting to change, there's all kinds of areas where we can grow in. You know, maybe your role in family, right? Your role as a husband or wife or spouse or parent. Any parents in here trying to be better parents? Oh, bro, sign me up. Right, thinking about uh, health, you know, in your area of work or amongst friends or finances. You know, when we're talking about uh, the power to change and, and wanting to change and having a, a hope to change, Hope is great, but here's the big idea for today, that hope alone cannot change your life, right? The desire alone cannot change your life, right? But habits will, amen, right? If we're thinking about, uh, you know, this thought about change and the hope that we have to change and the habits maybe, you know, um, that we may have to instill, you know, hope without the right habits will never produce the change that 
you desire or that, that we desire. Here's another question. How many of you guys remember what you guys did Monday morning? Anybody in the house? Chances are you remember because you probably did it the Monday before and the Monday before and the Monday before. Right? What's your Monday ritual? Yeah, maybe you set your alarm at a certain time, right? Maybe you're snoozers. Anybody snoozers in the house, right? Anybody sleep next to a snoozer that wakes up earlier than you? Like, bro, get up right now, right? And then, I don't know, what's your ritual? You get up, maybe you go to the bathroom first, right? Or maybe you head and you turn the coffee on, or maybe you have automated coffee. Any coffeeers in the house, right? Or espressoers in the house? Anybody? This is like next level. I don't drink coffee, but I don't know. My wife has a, a fine machine that she doesn't just drink coffee. She drinks lattes. It's cool, bro. It's cool, right? And my wife, like, when we do morning drop-off, she's not here today, but I can brag on her. Uh, in the morning, my wife has a ritual, and it takes her about 20, 30 minutes before she attends to any of the girls, you know? And I'm waking up, and I'm like, my girls are all over me. And they're like, Daddy, come on. That's my ritual, bro. My ritual is like all seven mornings in a row, my girls wake up before me. And it's like, Daddy, it's time to wake up, bro. It's like, okay, let's go. And my wife will not wake up at all. Um, you know, what, what we do every day is not hope-related, right? What we do every day is habit-related. 40% Statistics shows of what we do in a week is just habit-related. Anybody think about when you drove here this morning and what route you're going to take? Or you just jumped in your car, turned on an engine, and you just went, right? Sometimes I try to go around the speed bumps. Some country's getting more speed bumps. And I actually have to think what route I'm going to take because I don't want to go over as many. But that's part of the 60. 40% of what we do in a day, in a week, is just mindless. It's just mindless, brushing your teeth or putting on clothes. Like most of what we do in a week is just mindless. We've been basing this series off of uh, Craig Rochelle's book, The Power to Change. And today we're talking about holy habits. This topic of holy habits is really the, the power, right, of one holy habit and what that can do for our lives. So I'm going to jump in this morning. And, and uh, let's pray. We're going to jump into the book of Daniel and just look at Daniel's life for a little bit. Some of the habits that he had, and maybe we can be encouraged uh, by his life and maybe grab something like that to put into our lives. But let's pray. Jesus, we give you praise for this morning. We thank you, God, for the opportunity we have to come to you, Lord, and uh, to learn from your word, God, of those who have gone before us and the lives that they have lived. You know, in, in a few short chapters, God, we can see almost a whole life of people. And for whatever reason, certain aspects of their lives have been documented. And this morning, as we open up the book of Daniel, I pray that what was documented in there, God, uh, we would grab a hold of this morning. And we pray, God, that as we learn from Daniel and his habits, God, we may learn from you and what you desire for us uh, in the lives that we are living now. And, uh, Lord, we need your help to do this. And so uh, be our teacher this morning, be our shepherd, and uh, be our guide. May your word be the light, God, onto our path. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. All right, so before we jump into the text, let me give you a little context today. The book of Daniel, one of the Old Testament books, there's 66 books in the Bible. If you need a Bible, we have a handful of there, take one, right? We, we love having the word of God about 
587 B.C., the uh, nation of Israel got overthrown by the Babylonians. King Nebuchadnezzar was the ruler in that age. He invades uh, at that time, the nation of Israel was divided into two kingdoms. He invades the southern kingdom, destroys the temple, burns the city walls, and exiles, right, the hand-selected individuals within that nation. The, the young ones, the fit ones, the ones that were, you know, could be used for the Babylonian empire. They're taken into captivity, and there are four that are highlighted in the book of Daniel. There's Daniel, there's Hananiah, Mishael, and Israel. Some of you guys remember their Babylonian names, which are? Right, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. My challenge to you is don't refer to them as their Babylonian names. I don't know, just a little Bible. Right, they're God-given Jewish names, right? Hananiah, Mishael, and Israel. They're highlighted in this book they are young boys, probably teenagers, right, that were recruited by the Babylonian leaders, and they were indoctrinated into the Babylonian ways, their culture, their religion, their practices, their habits. The things that made Babylonians Babylonians, right, is the things that were taught to these Jewish exiles, yeah? And thinking about these young boys, maybe they had a hope when they were born because when they were born, it was still a, 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 a godly nation per se, right, with a godly king, right? And maybe they had certain hopes, dreams, and desires. Soon within their lives, right, the nation of Israel gets overthrown, right? Their relatives, friends, people, right, they're Homes are burned, you know, loved ones are, are, are killed, and then they're taken away from their homeland, right, and then put into another place by another rule. Uh, just thinking, what kind of hope did they have at that moment? What kind of dreams, if any, did they have while they were under Babylonian captivity? I'm not sure if any of them, if you ask them what was their hopes for life or their dreams for living would go beyond freedom. Maybe, maybe they're still stuck in grief and they're still stuck in, you know, trial and struggle and not even knowing what tomorrow was going to hold. They didn't have much, I think, hope or dreams of being who God really wanted them to be. They just maybe were grateful to be alive. Anyway, the story continues, and King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he doesn't know what the dream is, and this dream is kind of repetitive. Every single night he goes, and this dream haunts him because it's so vivid, and so he calls all the, the medians, all the middlemen, all the, the supernatural spiritual people of the Babylonian empire to come and help him to interpret the dreams. And so they show up, right? And the king's like, I got a dream and I need the interpretation. Their response is, okay, king, let us know what your dream is and we'll tell you what the interpretation. He's like, no, I don't actually believe that any of you, right, 
are truthful and have any type of power. So you have to tell me the dream. And if you can tell me what my dream is, I'll believe your interpretation. The Chaldeans come to him and they're like, uh, sorry, there's no person on earth who is able to do that. Right? No God in heaven able to give to man that type of interpretation. And he says, well, I guess you guys are all liars. You guys will all be put to death. Okay? Ruthless king, right? Brutal king. So the king's edict is put out. Some of the soldiers make it to Daniel and his three friends because they are in that, right? They've been recruited to be part of the help for the king. They come to Daniel and says, Daniel, sorry, but you guys got to go, right? It's your time has come. And that's like, wait, 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 what happened? What happened? Well, the king has a dream, right? Nobody can interpret it. And so everybody's going to die, right? Because the king cannot interpret this dream. And Daniel says to them, give me a moment, right? Give me a moment. Let me go with my boys and let us seek the Lord. They spend that night, right, seeking God. In a dream, in a vision, God gives Daniel what King Nebuchadnezzar was dreaming and the interpretation. The next day, he goes to King Nebuchadnezzar. Here you go. Here's the dream. And here's what it means. Daniel chapter 2, verse 46 says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate, face down, before Daniel, and paid him honor, and ordered that an offering and an incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal my mystery. 48, then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him a ruler over the entire providence of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. What was it about Daniel that allowed him to become so powerfully used by God? You guys catch it in there? The one habit that Daniel had been doing from a little boy. The one thing that he was able to take with him into exile. The one thing he continued to do in exile. God is able to do really big things as a result of the real small habits that we have. There was a real small habit that Daniel had. I want to highlight two of them this morning. Real minor. We, we didn't catch it in Daniel chapter 1, but let's back up a little bit. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. So when the guys came into exile, they came into Babylon, they came under the training of the Babylonians. They were fed a certain food. They dressed in a certain way. They had certain Babylonian practices. Daniel goes to the, the king's uh, uh, servants and says, I don't want to eat the food of the king. I want to stay on my own diet. Right? And the servant of the king says, if we find you, right, a little weary and not producing, like it's kind of my throat out there. Like I'm going to be punished, right, if you're not actually doing what it is that the king wants you to do. And Daniel says, give us 10 days. I, I forget how much the, the time was. But give us a time period. And if we aren't better than all these others that eat the king's food, right, then you can kind of have your way with us. So, so number one, verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself 
with the royal food and wine, he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. A small little practice. Not to eat the things. And, and I don't know, maybe, I'm not sure actually what the meal was and what the diet was. But there was something about what they ate that was counter to Daniel and his practices. A funny little insert into this. He never actually discussed this with Hananiah, Ezra, and Mishael. Right? Maybe they're like, what? Daniel, what did you do? I want to eat that food. You know? I'm not sure. I just turned that in there. But these four, right, chose not to defile themselves by what they ate, right? And maybe they just ate probably just the basics. A season later, right, they're shown to be leaps above everybody else because of a small little habit of what they ate. Let me skip to chapter 2, 17, 18, 19. Then Daniel returned to his house. This is after he had already talked to the high official and said he would seek his God, right? Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Ezra. And he urged them to plead for mercy from God, the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Two little habits, what they ate and what they did with their speech. They sought the Lord for a wisdom that they didn't have because their life depended on it. We tracking? Right? Because their life depended on it. But it wasn't something new that they did. It was something they had done since they were little. They sought the Lord and he answered and he came to their rescue before. Right? And now they were in exile, and that habit of seeking God was still a practice that they had. During that night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Years later, so uh, I think this is a, a few more kings later. So Daniel is still in Babylon, but he's... Nebuchadnezzar came and went, and some other kings came and went, and now he's under the rule of King Darius. We'll pick up the, the story in verse 5, chapter 6, verse 5. There were some uh, men who were envious of Daniel's place in the kingdom. And they talked to themselves, and they said, Man, this Daniel guy, we don't like him. We got to get him out. And they said to themselves, we will never find any basis of charge against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Daniel was a righteous man. He followed after the ways of God. Amen. He did that as a rhythm. It wasn't flashy. It was just average. It was something he did every day. And these guys are trying to like pinpoint him and say, man, this is like, let's get him caught in breaking a law of the king so that we can remove him. And they said the only way we can get him busted is if it's in accordance with his God. And so verse 7 says, The royal administration prefects, astraps, advisors, governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who does what Daniel had been doing since a little boy. Praise to any God or human being during 
the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel hears the edict. And what does Daniel do? Now, when Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Is that good? No flash in Daniel's life. He knew who God was, and he met with God on a daily basis. And now his life in an old age is threatened again. And what is Daniel going to do? He's going to seek out the one who saved him time and time before. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed. And I'm not sure what else is in his prayer, but the one thing that is documented is that his prayer was full of what? Thanksgiving and praise. Oh, that's good. Amen. That's good. I mean, could he have cried out for his life? Did he cry out for his life and his friends? Maybe it would not have been wrong for him to do so. But the one thing that got documented was if there was a part of his prayer life that was repetitive and that was present, it was that he gave thanks to God just as he had done before. The story continues. The guys who were trying to entrap him actually entrap him. And they bring Daniel to the king and says, King Darius, here's your boy Daniel. We caught him in the act of worshiping his God. You made the rule. You made the edict. And now it's your job to enforce the rule. The crazy part was that Darius actually really liked Daniel. He really liked Daniel. Right? And I'm not sure along the way his pride got in the way, but he didn't think about Daniel when he made the edict. And he's like, ah, I really like Daniel. Right? He's a benefit to my kingdom. He's a benefit to my life. He's an old man with a lot of good wisdom that I didn't get on my own. But he asked to fulfill the edict, and Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. The story says, for that night, the king doesn't eat. He doesn't sleep. He waits up. And longs for the next morning. At first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near to the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. So good. Amen. So good. What a great story. The story ends. The ones who, right, j just so they could make sure the lions were healthy. The ones that entrapped King Darius were thrown into there. And it says before they even hit the ground, the lions came and devoured them. Real lions with a real thirst and a real hunger. But there were some real angels that showed up that night. And what got the attention of God? 
that would save Daniel's life? What can get the attention of God to save our lives? There's no magic. It's the basic habits. The little things, right? Never underestimate what God can do through the small godly habits, the small holy habits. What is holiness? Holy is something that is set apart, right? Not just sinless, but something that is like different than all the others. I, I like to use the analogy of um, utensils, right? You can go to Super Ed and, and buy some food and they'll give you plastic forks and knives, right? But then you have, uh, I don't know, ones that you use in your house that, you know, not one-time use ones you'll, you'll use. But then every special holiday, you don't bring out utensils, you bring out silverware, you know, like special dishes and special, you know, uh, it's just forks and spoons and knives, but they're made of different material and they're made of different, like they have different meaning. That's all the women, you guys talk about this, right? But the, 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 the dishes that you bring out on, on Thanksgiving or Christmas, right, or Easter's around the corner, like, like those would be a set of holiness. They're unlike the common. They're unlike the common things that we use all the time. But, but when we're talking about this, this good godly change that we want in our lives, there are certain types of practices that we want to do every day, but they're a little bit different than the norm. Holy and set apart. Let's review for a little bit. Week one, we, we talked about real change isn't simply behavior modification Right, But th this godly change that we want in our lives can only happen when the Spirit is present. Amen? Right, When we have spirit transformation, there can be other behavioral modifications that happen as a byproduct. And so your spiritual why, th this kind of talk can become self-help real fast. I'm not a self-help coach. I'm not trying to make you a better person per se. I'm hoping that you come to meet the best person. Because only found in God is the godliness that we really need. I'm not even saying what you desire. We all right? Some of you guys have a desire for godliness. I just want to say that God's desire for godliness may be even greater than what we want. Like we, we see in a shadow of what God sees in reality. When we're talking about change, like I, I don't want to just... As a person, let me speak for myself. I don't want to just, you know, uh, I don't know, look better, be healthier, have more money in the bank, like, you know, have more friends just so I can live a nice, full, long life. That's good, but we all have an expiration date. Good morning. Welcome to church. You know, but that little dash from when we're born until when we die, God can bring God can bring some real meaningful purpose and fulfillment in there, right? When we seek out not what our desire is, but God, what is your desire? And, and so week one, we talked about what is the spiritual why? What is the godly why? Right? Like say if it's health, like why do you want to be healthy? You just want to, I don't know, take more pictures of yourself. I don't know. Like, you know, I'll tell you what my spiritual why is, or my spiritual health why. Is that right? Why I want to be healthy? Is, is I actually want to see Jesus coming back on the, on the clouds. That'd be kind of cool. 
right? I either want to be with him in the clouds coming or be on earth. I don't know. Is that, is that cool? I don't like that, right? Like, health, I guess my more temporal one is when I'm 50, Kaleo will be 11. I would love to hang out, right, in my, my 50-year-old age and be healthy so I can jump the cliffs I did when I was young with my daughter and, you know, shoot the fish I did when I was young with my daughter and, you know, like, th- that's, but that's temporal, but, I, you know, it's real. But that doesn't supersede the, the thought for me, like, of, of really trying to be all that I can be for the Lord, right? So what is the spiritual why? Week one, we also talk about what the spiritual how is. Like, how do we bring the change that God really wants? Well, we need God to bring that change, right? What is the change element to bring godliness in our lives? It needs to be the Lord, amen? And the Holy Spirit is present, right? Providing the power that we need to become all that God has for us. Right, week two, we talked about the the reason we do what we do, right, is because of what we think of you or what we think of ourselves, right? We talked about the spiritual who, that God's not calling us to be good Christians. God is really just calling us to be his sons and daughters. God's calling us into relationship. I hope that encourages you today. I did a a, a memorial service um, the end of last year, and uh, a lot of old-time upcountry guys, and I didn't know what per se I was going to share. I didn't know what the crowd was going to be. I, I knew the family, but not much, and, and we, we hosted it at our church, and I was sitting there thinking, whoa, there's like a lot more people than I thought was going to be there, and, and the type of people that showed up was all these upcountry people, like old-time local guys and aunties and uncles, and, and a lot of guys who I, I knew like were kind of born in, in the Catholic church and raised the Catholic church. And, and I was like, man, I know what I'm going to say today. And after service, um, the brother of, um, or the brother-in-law of the, of the guy who passed away came up to me. And he's, I think he's probably mid-60s, little overweight, a country guy. And he's just bawling, just crying, 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 crying. And he pulls me aside and says, he's pastor. I gotta, t- I gotta share something with you. My whole life it was taught to me that if I leave the Catholic Church, I'm gonna go to hell. What I learned today was that I can talk to Jesus every day. Just weeping, just weeping, so much joy, so much gratitude, right? And, and I talked to the sister later. She goes, Oh, yeah, he was gleaning all week, telling all his friends, like, I can talk to Jesus every day, it looks so good, you know? He ended up calling me a few months later, and, and I did a blessing over. Um, uh, this big machine that they bought for their company, and he says, Pastor, come, pray with us. You know, like he could have called a lot of different guys, but he called me, one who told him, like, you can access God on a daily. There was a change that happened in his life. Why? Because he was able to access the God, right? What was his spiritual who? It was Jesus that was calling him into relationship, to talk to him on a regular not talk to him through a median, talk to him through a priest, but go directly to the throne. And so we talked about, right, the spiritual why, how, the who, right? Today is the what. You know, these things will, will lead us into the God outcome, right? A, a life that is pleasing and acceptable and worthy to God.
We understand that, that God has a spiritual will for us. There's a few times in the, in the New Testament, it says, this is the will of God for you. Is that good? Can't be much more clear than that. 1 Thessalonians, this is just freebie. Ready? Freebie passage. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this is the will of God for you. That we would live lives that are sanctified. What is that? Holy, godly. I'll give you another one. 2 Corinthians, so I'm going to read 7 through 10, but I'm going to go backwards. Because, I don't know, it just helps me understand it a little bit better. Verse 10, it's kind of a mind-boggling, heart-wrenching verse. For we, must all be, uh, we, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or evil. Ooh. You, you cannot really read that without like something stirring in your spirit where I'm going to meet my maker one day. We must all stand as individuals before the judgment seat of God where God will separate the righteous from the disobedient. What does verse 9 say? Because this is the truth, the Apostle Paul says that he makes it his goal in life to please God. That he wants to live a life that is worthy and holy and acceptable before God. Why? Because he's going to meet with God one day. And for the Apostle Paul, it's not fear-based. It started as fear-based where he's like, well, i got to make my maker. But over the years, it became more of an anticipation to meeting his Savior and friend. You guys get that shift? You guys see that shift in there where he's not fearful to meet God because God isn't just the God on the throne. That God who was on the throne came off the throne, took on flesh, dwelt amongst him has visited him every single day. And so the God that the Apostle Paul has prayed to his entire life, he actually was anticipating meeting. Why? What would give the Apostle Paul the confidence to meet his maker, the Savior of his life? Back it up to seven. Because he lives by faith and not by sight. He chooses to pray instead of do things in his own power. See, the Apostle Paul knew that his strength would only get him so far. He needed a strength that was greater than he to do in him what only God could do. And what was God doing in him? Preparing him to meet with each other face to face. Is that good? Wow, this is way better than anything like this world can offer you. God is preparing us to meet with him face to face. Right? Anybody have pen pals? Anybody here? 40, 50 year olds? If you're younger, you know what pen pal is. Right? I, I'm at the, the tipping point. Like when I was young, we would still write letters to friends and mail them. Right? Nobody actually made phone calls. It would cost money to make phone calls. You know? But it's kind of like that pen pal for those under 40, the person you text all the time that maybe you've never met face-to-face, -face, right? It's on 
like media on, you know, like one of your friends, you just DM all the time, but you've actually never met them face to face. Imagine being friends with someone, I don't know, rich, famous, I don't know. Like I heard the, the, some of the Lahaina boys uh, from the football team got invited to go to the Super Bowl. Shaka. So good. So fun. Right? Probably will be the highlight of those boys' lives. Been able to meet some of their, these athletes face to face. Guys, we're going to meet with God face to face one day. Amen? And God, right, is preparing us for that. How is he doing that? He's trying to accomplish in us what only he can accomplish. What is our part in this? Right? What is our part when we're talking about change? Like God has a will. God has a desire. He's preparing us for him. Our partnership with God specifically deals with habits. Craig Rochelle says, a habit is basically behavior in autopilot, right? But how can we have godly behaviors that are on autopilot? And so, so I want to ask you this morning, based on these scriptures, right, based on what I said, right, like who do you want to become? What, what is one habit that you could start today that would start to maybe shape you and mold you that would put you maybe a, a little bit more under that covering of God where God can kind of start doing his thing. If you don't have one, I'll give you one. It's the same one that Daniel had, right? It's a habit that's a little outdated, though. That's 2,500 years ago. Daniel would pray to the Lord daily. And he would pray to the Lord in his house minimum three times. Um, when I was young, my dad didn't give me a spear gun to start shooting fish. I started off with a three-prong because there's three more chances to shoot fish, right? And even if I shoot rock, it's not, you know, not that much power. I'm not going to injure anyone, but I could probably injure some fish. The first fish ever shot was two maninis. In one shot, I knew I was headed to greatness, okay? But when I think about the three-prong and Christianity, because you see where I'm going? You know, let's preach. Let's preach. The concept of having multiple prongs within prayer life is actually very healthy. Let me just talk about this. This is Diving Christianity 101. Ready? Some of us grow up in life with this thought, like, I only can pray a certain way. And, and maybe you grew up being taught a, a liturgy of prayers, like the Lord's Prayer. Good prayer. I, I learned it not, I didn't even know it was part of the Bible. My dad would pray it all the time because my dad grew Catholic. And so when he became Christian, he kept some of those practices, some of those habits that were Catholic but just made them Christian. And so he would say the Lord's Prayer all the time. Right? We would be going diving and fishing, and my dad would pray, and that's how he prayed, right? And, and not much more, not much less. Just our Father who art in heaven, just rhythm. I, I memorized that by practice. And then I found out it was in the Bible. I was like, hey, pretty good, you know? And uh, that was just a form of prayer, though, right? And how many, how many of us have grew up having one form of prayer? Like maybe it was a, a, a rhythmic prayer, or you always had to bow your head, close your eyes, and Clap your hands. Anybody there? 
Right? That was taught to me when I was young, right? You, you'd stand around a circle around dinner and everybody's closing their eyes, right? And you close your eyes. If not, your dad sees you with your eyes open, you know, you, little correction, you know? And my daughters are learning the same way, right? I don't want them, like, running around when we're praying. They're standing right next to me. So if they wiggly, I can just, whoop, give them a good, you know, fatherly encouragement. You know, but that, that's one prong, per se, of prayer. The, the goal would be to, to make it a, a three-prong, four-prong effort in our prayers. So, so uh, based around food is good, right? Morning, afternoon, evening, snacks. Right? Some of you guys eat a lot, bro, in life, right? If you base around food, that, that's at least a couple times a day, right? You're praying morning, evening, times a day, right? You can pray by yourself. You can pray with one another. You can pray with your life group. You can pray corporately on, on a Sunday. You can write your prayers. You can sing your prayers. Your prayers can be out loud. Your prayers can be soft and silent. You can pray while you drive. You can pray while you walk. You can pray scriptures out loud. We, we tracking? We tracking? The, the key to having a, a healthy prayer, habitual life is to have habits of prayer multifaceted into our lives. And so if I miss the morning, there's other opportunities throughout the day for me to pray. That's a good practice right there. You think about it with God's word. Like if you come on a Sunday, guarantee you're going to get God's word. I promise you that. You'll hear it in the songs we sing. You'll hear it in the prayers that we pray. You're going to hear it when we preach. Right? Those three different ways that you're going to get God's word every single Sunday when you show up. But there's other ways we can get God's word. Amen? You can read it on your own. You can listen to it on your own. My my. My oldest daughter loves listening to Bible stories. And so from my house to Dorstad, we put the Bible audio app on. We just play stories. And I'll pause it during chapters and say, what did you, you know, what was the highlight of that chapter? What do you remember? Like, oh, yeah, sorry. And she's like telling me and regurgitating to me the, the word of God. We're tracking this morning. And, and it's just the basics. It's, it's the things that Daniel had. He prayed to God. And he lived his life according to the law of God. Remember what that, that they had said? We're only going to capture him in accordance with the law of God. I would love to be a people guilty with prayer and guilty of fulfilling the word that God has put in front of us. Amen? That's a good place. If, if we want godly change in our lives, it's only going to come as we spend good godly habits, right, as we get these godly habits into our lives. And so a couple things. So James, the brother of Jesus, says, you show me your faith by what you say. I'm going to show you my faith by what I do. Right, for him, it was getting the habits into practice. In James's book, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, he says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when this sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. 
You can see those yellows, temptation, desires, actions, outcome. The Atomics, uh, 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 Atomic Habits book, real good read, talks about those few, th- those four um, practices per se in, in a rhythm when he's talking about habits. There are cues that we have that develop cravings, that develop a response and some kind of reward. And so the temptation that James talks about are these cues that we have. And the cues can come in a lot of different ways. They're kind of like triggers. Sometimes a physical place can be a, a cue. Right? This morning, maybe because we're here, you're more encouraged to pray today. I hope that's something that you feel encouraged to do this morning. Maybe when Makoto was up with her team, like normally you don't sing out loud outside of the shower amongst people, but maybe this morning you're like, hey, I'm amongst good community today. I'm not going to sing my heart out, even though normally you may not do that. You know, not often on a cold upcountry morning you're going to get out of your house, but because of like the place and you're like, I like, you know, the cowboy church and where it says I'm going to get up and Right, there's certain cues that are amongst places. There's certain times of the day that are, are cues. Because maybe the time of day develops something in us that encourages us to do something. Anybody mood-related? No, nobody. Nobody mood-related. Uh, what is the acronym HALT that is taught to those who are, are recovering of some kind of addiction? Sense for hunger, hunger, being alone. Oh, no, no. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Right, those are the acronyms that are taught to people in, in their times of recovery that when you're hungry, you should eat, or when you're angry, you should breathe and take a walk. When you're lonely, you should find some support. When you're tired, you should rest. Because those triggers or cues get people in a certain mood, and then what follows that is cravings and then a response that sometimes is unhealthy. Right, and then the other two moments, and then Certain people, and it's not rocket science. This is what I, I teach my teenagers all the time, right? You can almost look at your life by looking at who your closest peers are. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers much harm. Right, but just, just looking back at these it's the habit cycle. If we can change our cues, per se, or eliminate possibly a cue, we could maybe get a good godly habit out of that, right? If you want to change what you do, you got to change some of your cues. And so, so let's start here, right? We're almost, almost finished this morning. How do you create a new habit. Make it obvious, and we make it easy. Is that a good place to start? Make it obvious, and we make it easy. I, uh, I have a small yard at my house, and I don't have that centipede grass, so my grass doesn't grow that often. So I don't cut my grass that often. But then my yard just gets unattended, and I leave it, and it just keeps on going. And it's not actually a habit of me to cut grass that's not that long. 
So this year, I told myself 12 times this year, once a month, I'm going to cut my grass. I cut my grass yesterday. There's a little bit of window. When it wasn't raining at my house, and my mother-in-law came over to my house to watch my kids because my wife's back is owie right now, and I had a little window to cut my grass. And guess what? Because I have put it into practice to cut my grass 12 times, I said, you know what? I can cut my mom's grass 12 times. Because every time I talk to my mom, she's like, I'm resting today because I spent all these hours trying to cut my grass. And her house is harder than mine because it gets some hills. But I'm trying to make it obvious and I'm trying to make it easy. We all right? So for me, 12 times. I can do 12 times. Right? One time for me, one time for my mom. Make it easy. Her grass is similar to mine. It doesn't grow that fast. And so and I can go 12 or 30 days without having to cut it. So I just cut my grass. Mom, I got to come cut your grass. But, but what can you start in your life that you can make obvious and you can make easy? Um, some of us like to up the game within our Christianity, amen? Right? And you're like, I'm going to start journaling for Jesus. Right? And you start off and you get a nice journal and you're thinking, I'm going to write pages and pages. And you start morning one and you're like, I don't got anything. Make it obvious, make it easy. Maybe the first thing you input into your journal is, hey, Lord, good morning. Thank you for life, period. And then you close it. And the next day, you add another sentence. And another day, right, a day goes by and a week goes by. And next thing you know, maybe you got a little bit more to write on there. Right, you go the whole year and then you've got some inserts in there where you're like, right, or go back to Scripture. I had a friend who became... Um, he, is a, a, he passed away a little bit after COVID, um, and, he, and he was a, a Filipino um, convert, loved Jesus. And he said in the beginning, he was introduced to Jesus, and he only knew one verse. It was John 3.16. But it was so real to him that he became a one-verse preacher. And then he learned two verses. And then he was a two-verse preacher. And then he learned one concept of God, and then he was a... One concept preacher. By the time I met him in life, he could just, you know, the scriptures of God just overflowed from him. And that doesn't happen overnight. Amen? That happens from learning one verse and then reading a whole chapter and then trying to memorize one verse. And next thing you know, it's, it'll be present. I would love for us to be a people who ooze Jesus when the pressures of life come. That's not my own thing. That was uh, Pastor Josh's wife, Nicole's thing. When she was looking for a spouse, before she met Pastor Josh, she was like, he needs, this guy needs to have rhythm. He needs to ooze Jesus, and he needs to be local. Well, she didn't get all three. <laughs> she got two out of the three. But J Josh is full of rhythm. And Josh oozes Jesus. I would love for us to get to a place where we saturate ourselves with the Lord so the thing that comes out of us is godliness. And how do you get that? Not by some kumbaya song or some hocus pocus, but just maybe one or two godly habits that you do today and you do tomorrow and you do it the next day 
It's not flashy, but over time, it can create in you something that only God can do. Is that good? That's good. God, can you do in me what only you can? Right, God, can you accomplish in me what only you can accomplish? The life-changing element in Daniel's life was that he built his life off of prayer and fellowship. Fellowship with God, fellowship with one another, fellowship with God's word. It wasn't flashy, but he did it every day. It's the thing that saved his life. It's the thing that saved his friend's life. How's this? The habits, the good godly habits that we instill in our lives today may be the thing that saves your loved ones. May be the one that saves your friends. May be the thing that saves strangers. There was a season in my life, right? I, I grew up, my, my dad grew up Catholic. My mom grew up Protestant. When they started their family, they said, we're going to, uh, follow the Lord. And so we started going to a Christian church. And I grew up, right, like being formed in that. There was a season in my life where my parents weren't going to church. My older sister wasn't going to church. My younger sister was. I was the only one in my God family going to church. And, but I felt that it was my God duty to go to church in those days, to continue to love God in those days, to give back to my family what they had given to me. And now today, all my family back in church. And not just in church, but they loving God. Right? They're being freed from some of the things that we had challenges for in life. How crazy is that? Right? Like, what a crazy shift in my life to being the one that was following and being poured into to being the one that was leading and, and pouring out. To crazy. But what a great honor. Amen? What a great honor to be the light in a dark place, not for the lost in Africa, but for the ones who need a little bit of light in your own household. Any guys in the house? Fathers, singles, boyfriends, any guys in the house? Start them now. Start the good godly practices now. Your current spouse or your future spouse will need you to do that. Any women in the house? I'll tell you right now, I, I, I would not be the man I am today if I didn't have women who called on the name of the Lord. I learned discipline and the law through my dad, but I, I learned how to really love God through my mom. My wife tells everybody, if you go to church on Sunday, listen to my husband. He's going to yell. He's going to laugh. He's going to cry. You know? And I learned a lot of that, the emotional part from God, from my mom. She loves God. Mom, thank you. Thank you for being how God created you to be. Moms in the house, you can offer your children. You can offer your husband. You can offer those around you something that guys just cannot. You guys can offer the church here. Something that the men just cannot offer. Is that good? I'm trying to empower you women. Is that good? That's good, bro. We love you guys. We love you guys. I, I want you guys to fulfill all that God has in store for you because Waipuna Chapel would be incomplete if it was only full of men. It would be a bad place if it was just dudes. Right? We, we need 
like the women here to do what God has created you to do. We, we used to have this. Do we got time to? I don't have time. No more stories. Okay, anyway, we had a prayer time uh, in, in when I used to youth ministry. And uh, me and uh, my friend Summer, who's uh, born and raised Filipino, moved in here. We had long-time ministry. We used to do this senior high prayer night. And I would pray, and she would pray. And I was like, I just really wanted to be there to hear her pray. Anybody have friends like that? They're like, can you just pray for me? Because you pray different than me. You know, I mean, I know my prayer is good, but I don't know. Maybe yours maybe better. You know, anyway, I just love to hear different people's expression and how they pray and how they read and how they, you know, live the life God has called them to live. Okay, I'm done. That's good. You good? So, so what's the one or two things that you can, you can get going today? Small, not flashy, just basic. That over time, God can do great things through. The only, I mean, really, the only reason why we know Daniel is because of the small habits. If he didn't have the small habits, he wouldn't have known God, and we probably wouldn't be talking about him today. But he met with God. God saved him. It got documented, and we get to glean from his life. Okay, let's stand. We'll pray, and we're out of here. Hey, if you want to share with me what you guys are doing, we'll pray for you. Grab a Connect card. Say, hey, Pastor, i got to start this. I would love to know. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a text. I would love to know what, what little habits um, you guys are, are, are trying to do. But let's pray, and we'll sing. And uh, if you guys want, go check out the rodeo. If not, it's all good. We'll kick back. All right. Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, God, for the story that we get to uh, glean from in, in Daniel's life. Lord, thank you that there were some small things that he did, God, on a daily basis that got him in touch with you. And even in the midst of changes and being exiled and under threats of life, God, it, it was the small habits that connected to a great God that brought a tremendous change. And so, Lord, this morning, uh, I, I pray for... Um, clarity, Lord, for each person this morning um, to hear from you, God. What are the little things that they can do, Lord, every day that would get them closer to you so that you can do in them, God, what only you can do. And I love and I pray that the result of the lives we live, God, would be more glory, honor, and praise to you would be freedom, God, from sin, death, and the grave for us, God, and then would be joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, God, all the fruits of the Spirit, God, would be made readily and available to us. And so lead us, God, in that direction. We honor you for this morning. We mahalo you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Kaipo calls me up yesterday. Hey, I gotta cut my grass. Can you watch my three girls? What? <laughs> Dustin and I are standing in just yesterday, scrambling to put a set together because our friend was sick. My kid is sick. He's got three kids, I got three kids. We're like, we're trying to make a worship set happen. Pastor Kaipo, no! 
know I will not watch if you can't strap those guys in a car seat. <laughs> then he goes, can you just watch one? <laughs> it's your problem. Good job, Imua. Good job making it happen. Good job getting the, the grass cut and picking one habit to make happen. Amen. <laughs> Let's sing this one together, guys. I search the world.
better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. And all God's people said, amen, amen. God be with you. God cover you. And heaven behind you. We love you guys. You turn morning. You turn morning to dancing. 